Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here back on a Friday evening by my side. To my left is Mr. Lee Hancock. Hello, guys. Lee here. To my right, Mr. Roy Hancock. How are we going, guys? Gentlemen, that is officially it for season 2022-2023. The Denver Nuggets officially for the franchise's first NBA championship being crowned champions. Well, <laughs> they yeah. are the NBA champions and very, very well deserved, you'd say, wouldn't you, Roy? Oh, absolutely. Like, they've just dominated the regular season, come into the playoffs, hardly broke a sweat, really, and they've taken, taken the ultimate glory. So, um, well done to them, really. And, Lee, you know, you've, you've got to, you know, we'll touch on it a little more shortly, but you've got to feel as if they were undoubtedly deserving champions, weren't they? They they were definitely. They were the best. Um, they were the best all, all all regular season and all playoffs. They they took every opportunity to close games, uh, and they did. Uh, yeah, credit to them. Credit to them indeed, yeah. lads. We will touch on that a little more shortly. Before we get into a jam packed episode, just want to shout out both Stadium Scene and the cover. The off court action or the on court action, should I say, might be over, but the off court action is only continuing to heat up. And as it is, they are continuing to support us in all of our work here mm. across Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the US. Uh, those two entities, those two networks, very appreciative for all their continued hard work and support of us. There goes the, uh, the old funny. dog and bone. That's the end of that one, Lee. <laughs> um, fellas, let's get into a big show, starting with a few quick odds and ends. Starting with the first domino to fall in free agency, oh, none other than Steady Freddy, Fred Van Vliet, um, the all-star guard has declined his $22.8 million player option, thus becoming an unrestricted free agent in July. Mm. Had a, a mixed season. You know, his output, if you look at it on face value, 19 points, four rebounds, seven assists, very serviceable, mm-hmm. um, especially Extremely. not probably being the number one guy on that mm. team. Yep. Yet what he's become renowned for his three-point shooting took a considerable dip, um, 3.5% there, falling to a, a 34% clip, which... You know, what we've come to know and expect of Fred mm. is pretty ordinary. Mm. Um, yeah. That being said, he will certainly be a hot commodity. Teams like the Rockets, Magic, Lakers and Suns all showing interest at this point in time. Where would you like to see him end up? Where do you think would be the best move for him? Um, I think going to another contending team is what I'd be after. I think Fred Van Vliet provides so much value. Yes, he's year overall, but particularly from a shooting um, percentage um, perspective. That's a tongue twister. Shooting percentage perspective. That's fair play. That's a good one. (laughs) Can we Dr. Seuss? But um, (laughs) it was probably down from where we expected to be, as you mentioned. Yes, To think of where his potential is and what he could provide a team. We've seen it in the past, how he can contribute to championship winning teams. Um, I think potentially the Lakers. And I think you'll like the sound of that, Nick. I do, I do. Potentially the Phoenix Suns, given the fact that Chris Paul probably out. Um, So I think those two options probably suit suit for me. Lee, for yourself, do you agree with that? Or do you think there's a possibility one of these younger up-and-coming teams like the Rockets or or the Magic, um, despite a bit of guard depth there, having an all-star calibre player in Fred Van Vliet Mm. could just help get them to the next level? Or do you think for agreeing with Roy, going to a contender would be... Uh, the next best point of call. Well, I think in terms of those, um, you know, lower seeded teams, they the, the draft is already very point guard heavy. Mm. Right? So I think they're gonna those, those lower teams are gonna get a, a nice, nice solidified point guard out yep. of the draft. So yeah, I'd like to see him go to a, a contender. I originally did like the Phoenix Suns, but I mean, how much how much playmaking does this does Fred Lambert give? Because that's what they need. Seven assists. 
a game this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he's probably not going to have the rock in his hand quite as much with KD and Booker dominating. Yeah. Um, could he be, you know, a staggered minute, almost a supercharged sixth man who can really dominate the ball on the, uh, you know, on that second unit? Just, just the, yeah. Uh, I, I, I like the thought whether he would agree to do that. I don't think he would, but yeah. I, I see the merit in it because, geez, wouldn't he provide a spark coming off that bench for Absolutely. the Phoenix Suns? Particularly given they seem to be quite shallow coming off that bench at times. They so do. I think mm-hmm. that. Could be an option, but I don't think he'd accept it with uh, open arms. No, it's not. It's not meant for everyone. And we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. The way Carmelo Anthony was kind of mm. able to reinvigorate his career by, mm. you know, stepping to the backside there. Mm. It's not for everyone. Um, no. But certainly, I think, uh, you know, as we said, the first real domino to fall so far. He's going to be a major piece and could certainly have a lot of ramifications, you know, on whichever team he goes to. Mm. Um, yep. For the Raptors, you know, should they lose Freddie if they don't re-sign him and they agree to a Renewed deal, uh, a big loss there. Huge a big loss because they've been around the you know the periphery the last couple of years after the back of their title. Mm. Losing someone like Fred Van Vliet, um, they are very top heavy at the moment. Mm. Like we've spoken about their lack of depth. It really leaves you with Siakam, Ananobi, Barnes. That's kind of your big your big three. Um, I mean, at that point, there's there's no point running it back. You, shipped a lot. You keep Barnes, but yep. then you you just start your rebuild. I think, and you mm. you build around Barnes. Give give him the give him the opportunity. Keys to the city and let him run with it. You reckon? Yeah, like, that's what I think. Do you yeah. agree with that, right? I think so. Yeah. Do you when think he, if Fred goes, that is kind of the catalyst for them just torching it? it kind of sounds like that, doesn't it? It sounds like the first domino to fall. And I, I think there's plenty of merit in that because, as Lee was saying, there's probably no point with that current roster yeah. in running it back. They've got, like, they can get high draft picks back in return for Pascal Siakam, who's got plenty to give. And um, who was the other one? OG. OG and yep. Anobi. From a defensive aspect, particularly, they can get plenty back for him. Build around Scotty Barnes, who's the future. And who knows? They could be, they, they'll certainly drop off, but then they'll, might rise back up the standings, you know, sooner rather than later. Last question on that before we move on, uh, because we've mentioned the word probably half a dozen times in the last couple of minutes, mm. Domino's. Mm. Yes. Domino's or Pizza Hut, fellas, which way do you lean towards? Oh. Neither. Neither. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> just not neither. good pizza. Cardboard pizza, you reckon? They, they both are. Ro, do you have a, uh, a way in there? Yeah. Um, pizza Hut for mine. There pizza Hut for mine. I don't know. Is it a bit more affordable? I think it's pretty comparable. I'm going to go with Domino's. I had a mm. real absolute hankering for a Domino's pizza the other week. Yep. And, um, Favourite pizza? Uh, double bacon cheeseburger. Oh, lovely. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it's got me hungry now. <laughs> Let's push ahead before I start gnawing at your arms. Oh. Um, <laughs> on to the Beantown boys, the Boston Celtics. Yes. It was announced earlier today Danilo Gallinari has mm. exercised his $6.8 million option to return for the 2023-2024 season. Good boy. Disappointing we didn't get to see him at all last season. Yeah, you know, we know what a positive contributor he'll be with his mm. size and ability to stretch the floor. I really, you know, it's kind of a um, recency bias after mm. this news today. Mm. I think that he could have made quite an impact throughout oh, the playoffs, yeah. especially mm. against the Heat. Mm. Um, you know, they went quite big with Horford and Williams. But having a guy who's just a little bit more adept at shooting the three ball, uh, I think could have caused the Heat, you know, a little more problems. I so, think so as well. And having that veteran presence as well, absolutely. obviously a huge contributor in those big games. And stoked th- to see him on board for next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Um, and, you know, I think we've mentioned it in the past, but he probably is that additional piece that the Celtics were missing throughout the 
season and particularly in the in the big game. So I'm excited to see uh, where the Beantown boys can get at the pointy end of next year. Do you think Gallo could could have been a big factor this this season, Lee? I don't think he would have pushed the Celtics over the line. To yep. be honest, and to be honest, I forgot he existed. It's hard when a guy's been out for every single game of a season. Yeah, um, you, you forget. You do absolutely. I'm I'm excited. He's a player. I think pretty much every team in the league would like to have. Yeah, he's handy. He's yes. going to come off the bench. He's got great size, great leader, great shooter. Um, he's just a really handy player. And, mm. I, and on a $7 million contract, mm. for you guys, with how things are looking with Brown, Tatum, clogging up the vast majority of the money, that's a mm. really team-friendly contract. So uh, everybody wins, I think. Mm. Guys, let's push ahead. The Washington Wizards and Bradley Bill are going to work together to find a trade if the team elects to reset the roster in the near future which is, by the day, looking more and more likely at this point in time. Uh, Bill just completed the first year of a two of a five-year, $251 million contract. Um, very unique contract, that, because Bill is the only current NBA player to have a no-trade clause negotiated mm. into his deal. Mm. This, therefore, gives him the ability to control his destination a lot more so, kind of pick and choose where he wants to go. Um, but so far for this one, the Sacramento Kings, Miami Heat, and the Bucks are, are the main suitors at the moment. Yeah, we've been speaking about this the last couple of years, probably Bill, since the inception of the podcast. <laughs> let's be honest. He is every single trade mm. rumor deadline. He is the guy that we expect to go. Yep, and he just has stayed, stayed, stayed. Mm. It's kind of like a Damian Lillard situation almost. Yes. Yeah, except worse. This horse has been flogged to the mm. nth degree. Is it time for Bill to move on? And if so, where would you fellas like to see him go? It was time. Like you said, it was time two years ago. Like, yeah. and and last year and the year before is when he and the Wizards were getting draft picks thrown at them. You know, Big star options. caliber mm-hmm. players. He thrown. was just about leading the league in scoring thirty points a game. Mm-hmm. He was, and mm-hmm. and now his his trade value is probably at its lowest. I mean, he he came off a pretty bad season. You know, similar to you know his first couple of seasons with John Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if we're talking about destinations, I think he could be the piece to push the heat over the line. We saw how close they came this year, and they've got an enticing young player. Bill and Jimmy together, and bam. Yep, enticing mm. young player. It's not bad. Tyler Hero. Like you, you, you have to give up Tyler Hero. But we saw how far the heat got without him. So well, Let's think of that on the fly. Just we, we use the heat before we move on mm. here. Your thoughts, right? Thank you. I, <laughs> and a hypothetical, let's say they've got to give up to get Bill. They've got to give up Hero. Draft assets, no doubt. Probably maybe a Struess or a Robinson in there mm. and maybe one other player to get the contracts to work. Mm. If you're the hate, do you, you do that? You go, you cash in now, you cash in on Jimmy's, you know, the last couple of good years of kind of being in his prime, mm-hmm. put him with another all elite guard within the league and really go for it. You know, they've made the finals. Mm-hmm. They made it a couple of years ago against the Lakers this season. They're knocking on the door. Yeah. Do you go for it? Definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think at this point, given the roster that they've constructed, I think you have to. I think you have to throw all the chips in the basket. They've been so close a few years now. And I think, like as Lee was saying, it might be the piece that gets them over the line. And um, I'm sort of in the same boat as Lee. I'd love to see him go to Miami. Um, another true contender, another chance for Bradley Beal to finally have a bit of success mm. in a career where he probably hasn't had many years at all where the Wizards have even made the playoffs. Um, and you can't really see him on the Bucks, can you? Like, it, just, nah, just nah. thinking of it, 
in your head, like the fit doesn't really look there, the way they're constructed. Um, the Kings? The, the Kings are an interesting mm. one because, again, another team, really young and up-and-coming team that's kind mm. of knocking on the door already, yep. um, kind of in the infancy of their playoff push the first year in you know, two decades nearly. Could they look to accelerate that process and, um, you know, put – a bit of a cat amongst the pigeons, for lack of better words. Yeah, I don't hate that. I really don't. And we probably saw come the playoffs this season, as great as their regular season was, they are still missing a piece or two um, to get them into, like, the really pointy end of the year. So What a I train think, wreck on D, though. Like we, oh, on we, D. We say it, like, oh. We've said, like, can it get any worse for the Kings on defense? Um, this would no. only exacerbate that. Yeah. This, adding Bill, mm. he's, he's not known for his defensive work at all. Um they're giving up yeah. a buck fifty every game. They're probably trying to score a buck seventy every game, and yeah. that's going to be their way to win, as it has been the last couple of years. Yeah. But um, yeah, fascinating point. Like both Bill and Van Vliet, um, they're names that I think a lot of teams would be after. Bill, in particular, mm. uh, is uh, is a big name. We kind of, as you said, Lee's had a bit of a dowie year, but he's one of the best players in the league, uh, undoubtedly, when he's on form. So, in saying that, he does not, he doesn't warrant that contract. I think he, I think I saw he's the fifth highest. Player in the NBA, and I'd like oh, someone who's at two hundred and fifty-one million dollars. Like they need, he's in that second tier of superstars. If you're looking at Jokic yep. and mm. and Steph and Giannis, he's not in that tier. Is he in the second tier? Do you reckon or third tier almost? Or who's in the second? Second tier, tier you're probably putting <laughs> as maybe depends how cutthroat you are, but probably at the minute, yeah, your ads, yeah, yeah. I think he was in the second Kai's. tier a few years back. Yeah. I don't I don't think he really is at the moment. Not, but he, not with this last year. He has the potential to get back into that second tier. probably slipped from an all-star player to a star player. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's probably not quite in that tier. If you've got your, your best of the NBA, then your all-stars, he's probably in that third tier. At the yeah, and you can, yep. you can understand why he took that dip given, I mean, mm. last year he mm. did look really, really fed up. And, you know, it, 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 was, it was coming, I mm. think, a, a dull year. Will this be it? I'm certainly looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. We'll be sure to keep you guys posted mm. on all the news across trades, free agency. The key to staying up to date with it, though, is following our socials. Mm-hmm. Guys, That's Facebook, fine. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, we will keep you updated with all the latest news from the NBA, the NBL. Doesn't matter that the on-court action has ended. There is still plenty going on across the basketball landscape. So be sure to stay up to date with all of those ones for daily dribble content. I'm saying this: if if Bill doesn't get traded this off season, I, can we make can we make an agreement that we don't talk about Bradley Bill trade rumors ever again? Because it's been the last four years. Yeah, you know, it's and almost because, a waste of time if he doesn't get traded this after season. After a while, the trade rumors start to become irrelevant as he gets older and he doesn't yeah. become as impactful. Yep. When he's, when he's in his prime and he's averaging 30, we're obviously going to be talking about it left, right and centre, but, yeah, it'd want to happen rather soon. I agree. Here's hoping so, lads. Let's push on. Daily dribble. Okay, and speak a little bit about the champs. As we started at the top of the show, I said the first time in franchise history, 47 years, the Nuggets are champions, knocking off the heat four games to one. They clinched game four, 108 to 95. Uh, they followed it up on Tuesday by grinding out a 94-89 to 89 victory, thus sealing their place as NBA champions. Nikola Jokic was crowned finals MVP after averaging 30 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists across the series. And it really just, <coughs> pardon me, summed yeah, pardon. up 
what an incredible season and an incredible playoff run he had. He had, Now, just listen to this. My man across the playoffs finished first overall in points across the whole playoff team, mm-hmm. 600 points. First in the NBA across rebounds, 269. First across assists with 190. Became the first player in NBA history to lead the playoffs in all three categories. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal run and very deserving. Just a once-in-a-lifetime or once-in-a-generation at the very least type of player. He's just so dominant on in all aspects of the game. Like, he really cannot be stopped. And, you know, this regular season, even though he didn't win the MVP, we think he should have probably. But the playoffs is where he did his real damage. And, you know, like, when you have a guy like that, you're always going to be in contention to win the, the ultimate prize because he can do literally everything for that team oh, and more. He's incredible and a great point on that. Probably should have won the MVP. And we, mm. we've we spoken quite a bit about that um, here at the Daily Dribble. And we've kind of argued, you know, regardless of who won the MVP, Joel Embiid, well done this year. Um, <laughs> but who is the best player in the league? And we've all kind of spoken, Giannis, Jokic, mm. you know, some people put KD still in that, that upper echelon. Recency bias certainly comes into play. It's it human nature. We can't help it. Mm-hmm. But who is the best player in the league, do you think? Is it Jokic? At this very moment, it's Nikola Jokic. Do you agree with that, Lee? At this very moment, it is Jokic, but I don't think it's a bad thing that the best player in the league can change from, you know, oh, every good, month, mm-hmm. you know, every month or two because some, some, sometimes Giannis is the best player in the league. It's transitioned know? away, hasn't it? We had Michael. We had Kobe. We had LeBron. Mm. At now, the overall, like, I don't know if we will have for a while another you know, maybe Victor will come in and change mm-hmm. that when Benyama there will come in and dominate a decade. Mm-hmm. Like one player will just solely dominate it. Mm-hmm. The, the talent level is so high and so dispersed now. Um, yeah, you're, you're right, Lee. It, it makes for a compelling pro, uh, compelling process just mm-hmm. seeing it fluctuate mm-hmm. and change so regularly. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, the Nuggets as a whole. We've talked about Yoke. Mm-hmm. One word I have to describe this this. Actually, this organization right now is, is, is patience. You look at their two stars, Jokic and Murray. They're the third longest duo in the NBA right now. And you forget that, don't you? Because of all the injuries Murray had. Yeah. Um, they're at seven years and incredible. above them is Warriors, Steph and Clay and the Bucks, Giannis and Middleton. And you look who, who won the part, the two previous uh, championships, it was those guys. So it shows you you can't just chuck these two or three superstars together and expect greatness. We Mm. saw it with the Brooklyn Nets and their big three resulted in nothing. Dallas Um, this year, throwing Kyrie into the mix, Mm. not even making the play. Phoenix this year flamed out with the addition of KD. Mm. Um, You know, it's... It's a, it's a process. It is a building process, isn't it? It also applies, though, to the coaching staff. I want to shout out Mike Malone um, being the fourth longest coach uh, mm-hmm. in the in the league, seven years under his belt as well. That They didn't shift direction from him when he went out in the first round last year, and I think it was the second round the year before that. Um, and then even to the front office, who is the owner's name? I, I can't remember. Uh, it is... Someone. Yeah, I, I had it written Whoever on the back of my hand. It must have washed it off. Credit to him for not booting Jamal Murray out. It would have been very yeah. easy. Yeah. It, it, Stan Kroenke is, is his name, the Nuggets owner, because they could have easily pulled mm, the plug on, on Murray. He had 555 
um, days in between NBA games with that ACL tear. Um, so he chose a path. How many? So 555. That's outrageous, isn't it? It shows that, that Ooh. choosing a path and sticking with it, with that comes success. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think so as well. And it's, it's sort of refreshing almost to see given the NBA landscape. Yeah. Almost, it doesn't promote, but you, you definitely see a high amount of turnover every year, whether it be players, whether it be coaches, whether it be GMs, and to see a team stick fat through some sort of, I wouldn't say against adversity because they've still been in and around the yeah. mark, but, you know, they've had their struggles and I think to stick with it and then win the championship just makes the whole thing a hell of a lot more sweeter. Than- and it's, um, well, it begs the question now, they were so dominant this season. Um, they possibly could have had another title or two the last year or two had Murray have been healthy. Like we've seen what a dynamic duo they are. But the way this roster is constructed, like they are lights out. Michael Porter Jr. on the rise, if he can stay healthy and find, you know, he didn't have the best finals. Mm. Um, but KCP, Aaron Gordon, who has just become an absolute dominator, he has put on some serious muscle in the last couple of years. Yes, and played he? his role to a T. Christian Brown coming up as well. Is there the potential that the Nuggets can go on a bit of a dynasty run here? Mm. Is is that feasible? And I'll, 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 I guess I'll put it like this: dynasty. Can they say over the next four years? Can they win another? Let's say at least two titles. Well, let's put it this way: Nikola Jokic is in his prime as we speak. He's the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. All three of us agree. Yep. They've got role play. Uh, yeah, like their role players are probably in a similar age line or maybe maybe haven't even reached their prime, some of them. So to think that this is the team that's won the championship and you've still got guys either still in their prime with a few years to go or yet to reach their prime, I think they're – I wouldn't rule it out. I've said this to a few people mm. over the last few weeks. I think this team is going to be – The real deal. The real deal over the next – Two or three years at least. So, and they they did it in a bit of a canter, didn't they? Like yeah. they were so dominant. You never felt like even against even against the Suns, against the Lakers, against mm. the Heat. Like they just were so so dominant. Like, do you see it feasible, Lee, that they they can be the next dynasty? Definitely, definitely. I mean, they. I think it'd be silly to say they've reached their ceiling because they definitely haven't. Michael Porter Jr., who's now an integral integral part of their rotation. Yep obviously has room to improve. We saw he, um, not, nothing against MPJ, but he was pretty shocking in these finals. Um, Murray, um, who's predominantly been a scorer his whole career, he's um, adding a playmaking, you know, component uh, a, a to, component his, to mm. his arsenal. You mm. know, in one of the playoff games, 12 assists, zero turnovers. Yeah. Not that you'll see that every night, but it, it just goes to show that he is improving in that aspect. Would in that case, then well, I'll pose it to next season. Mm. If you were to today pick a, a predicted champion for next season, <laughs> who would you say? Anyone in the today, league? Pick Denver your Nuggets. Doesn't it come back down to recency? Oh, bias it certainly does. And just thinking, but but just don't even think of recency bias. Like it, like even without that recency bias, like mm. they it, they dominated, and I know they had a uh, not an easy run, but. Not the hardest. Just to play the teams in front of you, don't you? Exactly, but like it's hard to see them not uh, get to 
Yeah, well, next year, I would say yeah. Denver. Yeah. I would say Denver too. I think so. And they're at the forefront of my mind, whether that be recency bias or not, they're there. And I think, as I said, like over the next few years, they're going to probably be the team to beat. There's more stability there. Like if you look at Phoenix at the minute, the Chris Paul situation, um, we've seen KD opt out of how many how many teams at this point? Mm-hmm. Is Aiton going to be on the move? Yep. You know, there's every team you can kind of, there's, there's cracks and fractures and whatever else. This team looks like there's a really good level of continuity. Um, Do you know and that I comes love? with success as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Sorry to butt in, but Please. I love the footage throughout the week of Aaron Gordon running throughout the streets, <laughs> top off. <laughs> He was still in his playing shorts like two, three days after the finals wrapped up. Do you, do you know what it reminded me of? You know, in 2K, I'm not sure if you played it recently, but they've got like My City or My Park or whatever yep. the thing is. Sometimes you have NBA players run in there and you'll have the whole community <laughs> just following and flooding this person in it. That reminds me of that. Like he's noticeable as it is, the big bloke that he is, but having, you know, thousands of people chasing him. Oh, it's great to see. Hasn't he just just quickly on him before we move on a little bit? Hasn't he transformed his game? Orlando, um, he was just known as a high fly dunker, yep. and that was really it. There wasn't much mm. substance to it. No, but, I, I I don't think it was entirely his fault. No, it wasn't. I saw in in the six years that Aaron Gordon was in Orlando, he was had it six years. Six years, what? he had five different head coaches, mm. each head coach coming with a new system, Hard. a new system mm-hmm. for all of these players to learn. He's slotted into this spot that suits him amazingly well. He's slotted into their system. Yep. And I think that's that's where his improvement came from. Just his defensive acumen, the way that's grown. He's, he's linked up with Jokic. He's finding the backdoor cuts really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's kind of the unsung hero because Jokic and Murray, even MPJ, get a lot of the limelight. Mm-hmm. He's, and even Mike Malone said it the other day, he doesn't probably get the credit he deserves. But mm-hmm. uh, big shout-out to SG. Yeah, to think this guy who's pretty much before coming to the Denver Nuggets made his name off performing in these dunk contests and performing these unbelievable dunks has now sort of become, I don't want to say meat and potatoes, but he's, he's <laughs> it, is of, a little bit. It, it, it kind of is. And he certainly wasn't renowned for that at Orlando. And I'll put my hand up and say that I think before he came to the Denver Nuggets, I'd almost written... It, yep. His career off in terms of reaching any significant heights. Yeah, I agree. But he's he's turned that around completely, and he's been really, really impressive. Well, speaking quickly of the team that they knocked off, the Miami Heat. Mm. What an incredible run has been a true a true Cinderella story. Um, they lost their first playing game as long as that that was a long time ago. They lost their first playing matchup against the Hawks. They beat the Bulls for that final spot as the eighth <laughs> seed. We had essentially said they were coming up against the number one seeded Bucks, mm. And we, I think most of us said maybe five, probably get the brooms out. Probably sweet. Probably mm. sweet. I think we might have all said mm. that. We, mm. yeah. And yeah. we didn't give it a second thought. That was probably the series we touched on least just because it seemed like a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. They knocked off the Bucks in five games. They beat the number five seeded Knicks uh, in six games. They beat the number two seeded Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, becoming the first playing team in NBA history to make the finals and only the second number eight seed behind the Knicks to ever make the finals. Incredible. An incredible, incredible run. Um, you know, there would have been movies and songs written and all <laughs> manner of things had they have been able to defeat the Nuggets. Uh, but they just ran out of steam. You could tell with Jimmy, especially like in the finals, he was lacking that offensive mm. kind of real drive. 
understandably, he's put in a hell of a shift. Um, you know, it's not having Tyler Hero hurt. It I did, think yeah. When yeah. Struce, Vincent, their shots went, when their shots were going down, they were incredible, and hence they made it this far. But um, just having another shooter, another guy to get a bucket, uh, their offense really struggled in the finals. Mm. Um, but again, as I said, take nothing away from them. All love. They've they've lost no fans whatsoever. No, no. It's weird all. to say it's a historic run, you know, even though they lost losing the effort. finals. Like yep. that was that was just second to none all effort. Like they they were they were they were in another realm in, in oh. terms of effort and just belief in themselves. Like it's I, endearing, isn't it? Yeah, it mm. makes you want to cheer for them. I, I've never seen that that before. That that level of we are winning this game, you know, ever, ever before. Yeah. Last time it was seen was probably Jimmy against the Lakers in the probably, bubble, yeah. slumped over the uh, the signage boards there. Um, the heat from here, as we said, we spoke about it a moment ago with the Bradley Bill situation. What do they do? They've uncovered, you know, the steps Struth has taken, Vincent, Caleb Martin, hopefully Tyler Hero coming back in next season. Mm. Do they look to run it back or do they try and shake it up, do you think? If you had to go either or Stay as things are currently constructed in a perfect world. Mm. Like there'll be a few little changes here and there. Or do you, you know, you pull the trigger on maybe a bill move mm. to try and get to that next level. Which which way would you lean at the minute? Like, like we were saying mm. earlier, I, I I do think they were just that. They were just that piece away. Like if they had Bill out there, that could have been a a different story. So I think while they're on the on their toes and why they're right at the finish line. Yep. I, I think you you got to pull the trigger and trade for one of these stars. I'm looking at this from two perspectives because I'm looking at it from the perspective of Miami Heat getting to the finals and thinking, oh, they probably don't need to do too much to shake yeah. up their roster. But I'm also looking at it from the perspective that they were in a play-in play game yeah. and had the potential to not make the playoffs at all. So yeah, Absolutely. It, there's two That's... ways you can look at it. Mm-hmm. Um I, don't, I think they have. I, I would like to see them make a big play for Bradley Beal because that shows me we're not sort of content. Matt we're, Riley's we're, not going to be content. No, I don't think so. No. He, he wants a lot. Yeah, Eric Bolster. He wants. Mm. He wants another chip. It, it's a mm. fantastic point because despite the incredible run that they went on, um, you also have to be aware that you know they were very close to missing out. So, mm. like, mm. is that is that part of their game plan? Like, we know they turn into a. Completely different team in the playoffs, but not to say they're on cruise control. But are the Miami Heat front office and are their coaching staff like directing them to not spend all of their petrol tickets in the regular season, or is it, or is it something different? Yeah, it's a good I, question. I, yeah, it is a good question. And their main guy leads that team by example because he's the guy who, even though he's solid throughout the regular season, Jimmy Butler, he goes to another All level time. in the playoffs and yes. he drags his team with him. So he's, it's probably a reflection of the team as a whole. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's hard It's hard to answer. I'm sure they don't go into the season thinking, let's just try and scrape in the playoffs. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, um, it's something we've seen a little bit more of over the last couple of years. Teams almost you know, resting during the regular season. Mm. It's a very fine line with how even both conferences are. You know, you drop a couple of games here and there through rest or, or whatever the case may be, you find yourself down in there. And, and we saw it in both conferences. There was real log jams across the standings mm. um, yep. for points. It was, you know, one game separating four through 10. So mm. um, I would like to see them make a move. Mm. I'm, I'm here for it. But certainly a very endearing performance, to say the least, from the heat take. Nothing away from them. Nope. Gentlemen, let's push on. 
the Daily Dribble. Into a segment we started a couple of weeks ago dubbed New Blood. Um, what what are the gangs here? Is, is it an Australian thing? Bloods versus Crips or something? Is that it? Bloods versus Crips. I don't think oh, it's in you... Australia, but oh, isn't it? I think it's US. more of a US thing. But West there Coast, you... East Coast. There you go. We've can got... can any of you do the blood sign with your fingers? No, no. You can do no. Give it. You, you look like you're about to. I don't have that in the kit bag, no. but I, <laughs> it certainly would have been fun to be able to see someone do it here. Are you um, a blood or a Cripnik? And be very careful with your answer now. Australian fans will get this. I'm going to go, I'm a Crip, partly oh. for Paddy Cripper, um, Colton Blue skipper here. Um, oh, no. I'm a, I'm a blood, so you're in trouble. What's the, uh, what's the difference? Is it? I think uh, I, one of them's East Coast, one of them's West Coast. Oh. Well, you find out, you get back to me, and I'll, I'll base my decision on I, that. I actually I would, can't remember. I think I'd one. rather hang out West Coast. Ro, for yourself, because mm. you're the one in the group, before we get into our new blood section and a little mm. tangent here. Yes. You're the one out of us who has been to the U.S., are you um, an East Coast or a West Coast man? Um, what was I? I was I was probably more of an East Coast fan, to be honest mm. with you. Really you enjoyed New York and and Miami, but you know, West Coast have got. I really enjoyed San Francisco as well. So who? Yeah, I, I'm a bit of both. Bit of both. I've got allegiances on both sides. Oh, it's a dangerous <laughs> game to play. Oh my goodness, that's that's where people get shivved in in prison, yeah. isn't it? When you try and play both sides, so yeah, you just uh, you watch yourself, my friend. Retract. Um, but as we said, though, guys, a segment next week, next Friday, is the NBA draft. This is a segment we've done the last couple of weeks where we give a bit of a scouting report on some of the players lesser known in the league. All the talk is undoubtedly surrounding Victor Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson to a lesser extent. Um, you know, there's a couple of heavy hitters in this draft. But we're just shining a bit of a light on some of these other players. So let's get into things. Who wants to start this week? Ro, you look fit and firing, my look, friend. I'll, I'll definitely kick us off. My guy that I'll go with this week is Asar Thompson. Asar Thompson. So, oh, no, there's some okay. fun names in this draft. Oh, draft. There's some great names in the draft. So he's actually a twin of another draft prospect in Amen Thompson. I'm not sure yes, if you guys Amen have heard Thompson, of him. Yep. He's probably going to go a little higher. Top couple, isn't he, I but, think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But they're both going to be elite talents in the league. So he, he's a 6'7 shooting guard slash small forward. So he can mm. play at the two or three. And he played um, for the Overtime City Reapers in the Overtime Elite League, which is a league which has only been around for a few what a years. Wicked name, oh, Overtime City. City Reapers. Yes, yep. that's the one. Come on, that's so the good. One. And he, so as I was saying, that league's been around for two years, and he's swept every single MVP award in that time. Uh, good players he, in amongst there. Oh, he's doing a great great job to sweep them up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess from an athletic point of view. First and foremost, these are the guys I think you'll see a common trend in the guys that I choose in this segment because they're they're so eye-catching and it's almost Mm. hard not to mention them. And I know athleticism isn't the be-all and end-all when it comes to being a really good basketball player, but certainly catches your eye and he's he's caught my eye for sure. He's got elite explosive athleticism. He's just very quick off that first step. I think if he gets that first step on you, you're um, you're absolutely no chance in catching him. And he's really good in that. The defense to offense transition game in terms of once he gets out in the fast break, again, just no catching him, super good speed. Something that I noticed about him and I've sort of seen in the scouting reports as well is he's also a really good lockdown defender and a really versatile lockdown defender as well. He can Ooh. guard one to three on the court at any given time, Brilliant. which is a great skill to have and it's what, a lot of NBA teams will be after because 
versatility both on the offensive and defensive end is the way forward in the NBA, I think. Feels and, like this might be one of sorry, the better yeah. classes in recent times in terms of defense, because a lot yep. of the players, all three of us have spoken about in other scaling reports. It looks like there's a lot of really, really good two-way players, I which is exciting. Might, I think you might be right, and I picked up on the same thing. There's a lot of guys out there who look like they could be a part of the all-defensive team yeah. over the next few years, and here's a bold call for you oh, because we love it. Click I, this. I loved what I saw from this guy in the, in the highlights, and he's a guy who looks like he picks guys up from the full court, doesn't give them much leeway, and it's Jose hard. Alvarado. Yeah, it's a bit like yeah. that. It's a bit like that. I think over the first few years of his career, maybe let's just say over the first three years of his career, he'll make the all-defensive team. In the first three years? In the first three years. I love, and he hasn't even played a game yet, but I love what I've seen from him. And it's an aspect of his game which I guess he probably isn't going to get the attention from in the early days just because he is that athletic beast on the offensive end. That's a big call. I like that. It's that a, is a that is a really good solid we're call. No, we're known for making big calls, aren't we? That's um, what gets a uh, gets the <laughs> gets the clicks, isn't it? Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Um and something else that I love from him is he's probably one of, if not the best off ball cutters in the draft as well. He mm-hmm. he's just really good at finding gaps in the in the defense. And because of his um athletic ability, he's also finishing a lot of these huge alley-oops. And yeah. he's the guy who you can pretty much rely on to finish. You just chuck it up there and he'll he'll do the rest for you. That's so what athleticism will do for you. He's got plenty to um, plenty to look forward to. I guess from a, a constructive criticism point of view, um, he, he probably needs to work on his shooting consistency. He's probably one of these guys in a draft who hasn't put his game all together on from a shooting perspective. He's a little bit hot and cold at times, but that can, that's to be expected for a lot of these young guys. And I think he's got plenty of time uh, to improve on that. And the only other thing that I picked up on is he's probably not the type of player, not a Timmy Duncan type player who's Mr. Fundamental and does all the, you know, uh, fundamental basketball plays when he should. He, he he probably relies a little bit too heavily on his athletic ability. You got it, want it, and it's fun to watch. But at times, you almost just think to yourself, well, maybe you should just work a bit more on your yeah. on your post game or on your um, mid range game. So I think there's a few things to work on. He's a raw prospect, but there's so much to look forward to from an offensive and defensive end. So. Osar Thompson. There's a name to remember. Keep an eye out for him. <laughs> Love it. Well, I'll follow up next. Uh, mine will be pretty short and sweet because he's almost a carbon copy of a player we saw this season. Okay. Um, in fact, he's another twin. Another twin. It's um, Amen, is it? No, I've got Chris Murray, Chris the Murray. twin brother of King's rookie, Keegan yes. Murray, this year. Ooh, I like this one. I must miss this. Six foot eight, weighing 215 pounds, is one of the more experienced members of this year's draft at 22 mm. years of age. Is expected to go around the mid-20s. Um, mm-hmm. Across 29 games last year with Iowa, he averaged 20 points, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal and a block. Despite, despite playing a lot less minutes the year before, he shot the three ball at around 40% the year prior. But this year he had a, a much greater demand, increased responsibility um, on both ends of the floor, and he attracted a lot greater defensive attention, mm. which resulted in him shooting the three ball at 33.5%. Um, you know, not great on that front this year, but it shows the year prior 40%. He does have that range, like mm. Keegan Murray. Yep. Absolute sniper this year. Had a hell of a season. Um, got great size for a 3 and D wing. Has a ton of experience under his belt. The fact that he's t- 
going to be 23 at the start of next season is a big part as to why he slid down people's draft boards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of want that young prospect that they can mould from the way word go, yeah. whereas he's a little bit more of a developed product. He's ready. Um, but for me, like, I quite like that. Depending mm. on the team, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I think given his age, given his experience and his skill set, I think he's one of these guys who will be able to make an immediate mm-hmm. impact. Yeah. Um, so essentially the scouting report is look for another Keegan Murray. Yeah. Um, right. And which is super, super exciting. Mm. Um, he's got really good athleticism as well for a guy, you know, as I said, six foot eight, 215 pounds. He looks quite agile when he moves. Um, but I think the big thing for him will be in training camp, once mm. he gets with some of these, you know, elite trainers with a franchise, just really ironing out the consistency mm. in that stroke. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but on, on the defensive end, he's, Keegan Murray, but probably a little bit better on on that defensive end. So um, I think a very high ceiling. Uh, sorry, not he's, – he's got a, a high ceiling. Yeah. He probably doesn't have quite the upside of a lot of other players in this draft, mm. but his floor is mm. a lot higher as higher. well. It's not yep. as low as some of the other players that could be complete busts. So, yeah. so he's, um, he's probably, by the sounds of it, more of a sure thing to – have some sort of impact at NBA Yeah, that's it. Because there's always that risk with a lot of these guys. Like there's a lot of guys who probably won't make an impact whatsoever throughout the course of their OJ Mayo. OJ Mayo. OJ Mayo. Lamar Odom. Lamar. Oh, don't start Lamar. (laughs) I mean. Ben Simmons. Yeah. There's a lot of players who go high and then, you know, they look like they've got a huge, huge upside, but fail to meet, whereas – I think this guy's more positioned in that that kind of middle bracket. Okay. From what I've seen from his highlights, because I watched a bit of Chris Murray highlights, um, he does look very similar to Keegan in the way that he looks NBA ready. Who cares if he's 23? Get him on someone that, that needs that NBA. Still young. Mm. You know? like, what are you talking about? We're mm. going to hit our prime 26, 27. Exactly. No and worries. 28. You, 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 I'm thinking who, who needs an NBA ready wing? Why not mm-hmm. pair him up with? Uh, Keegan, Keegan Murray at the Kings. They need they need fours. They need Fun. wings. I, I like it. It'd be hard to tell the difference because they have the same letter. What was so, the last set of twins or set of brothers we had in the same team? Would it have been Cody. the Lopez's or the Noels? Cody and Caleb. Yeah, the Martins. Drew, Martins. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, be fun to see. Very exciting. Two young young guns on the same team, but uh, very excited for what Chris Murray can develop from the mm. produce from the word go. Yeah. This, this is quite the coincidence because I've got a twin and I've got Amen Thompson. <laughs> I was waiting well, for just it. Just quickly, do we have the uh, – oh, we don't have a cue, the round of applause sound. <laughs> Three oh, weeks, we have gone. None of us picked the same player as each How other. That That's fantastic work from the three of us. Well done. We've all, we've all gone with – we've all kept it in the family this week. I yeah, love that. Twins. There you go. Triplets. Amen, 20-year-old uh, point guard coming out of the same overtime elite league as his brother, averaging 16-6-6 and 2.5 steals. Um, active hands. Active hands. Really very good. active. Um, he's been described as a tall Jamaran and also a string bean Zion Williamson. So oh, That's a little fun hybrid, that, that's isn't a, it? That's yeah, a massive high pop. Wow. Oh, just like his brother. The first thing I noticed about him was his speed. He's got a quick burst off the dribble. He's got these nice hesitation moves. Um, uh, speed is what I noticed first. Um, speed kills. And with that explosive speed, in combination with his body control and his freakish athleticism, he turns into an absolute highlight reel around the rim. Some of these just monstrous, disgusting dunks he's mm. throwing down. No, at his pretty 
I mean, he's not skinny, but he's not big either. Mm. And his frame is is just uh, it's impressive. It, it's very similar to Jar Moran or early early Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, the separation between him and his brother, I think, while his brother's got the defensive aspect, and so does so does Amen mm. to to an extent. But uh, Amen's got uh, playmaking as an mm. integral part of his game. Um, he's at six six frame. He's, he's allowed to see over defenders. Um, he's got a great ability to read the floor, um, and he passes them with great accuracy as well. So, like he he will show he'll throw great transition passes yep. to a cutter, but he'll also just swing the rock like Jokic does or like Lamelo Giddy does. Yeah. Um, same as his brother. It almost sounds like a repeat, but his shooting is a problem and probably more so than his brother. Mm. brother's um, defences are already sagging on him and daring him to shoot. Um, mm. But I was thinking No that, good for confidence. If they start sagging, then you miss a no. few more. The, you start looking to not shoot the ball. Yeah, mm. I know. But the, the silver lining I was thinking is he's pretty much great in every other aspect of his game. So Can't be good at everything. He can narrow in on this specific area of mm. his game and he can try and improve his shooting. His flaws probably low pretty low if, mm. if he reaches his floor. But but yep. I think his ceiling's very high as well. So Amen Thompson. Amen to that. There absolutely, you go. absolutely. Brilliant. Lads, three weeks done, done and dusted, new blood, nine prospects we've given our thoughts on over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Very, very exciting going into draft week next week. Um, especially for ourselves now, having a little bit more understanding, a little more knowledge on some of these other players outside the notable top couple. I, I'm quite, I'm very excited for this year's draft class. I think, you know, outside, even just outside the top couple who are going to be lights out to say the least, there's quite a lot of talent and hidden gems, I think, that could be found within within the depths of the uh, the 20s and 30s possibly there. Yeah, it has the potential to go deep for sure. And, you know, there's been so much hype surrounding Wemby and Scoot. You'd almost mm. be forgiven if you were, particularly if you were a casual NBA fan, to think, oh, it's all about those That's two. That's it. And it is a lot about Wemby, let's be honest. No, but there's, there's going to be a lot of other notable names coming out of this draft. I have no doubt about it. Exciting stuff to say the lead, Lee. Definitely. Guys, there wraps up another massive episode of the Daily Dribble podcast. As I said a little while ago, guys, there is still plenty going on within the NBA and the NBL. We are your one-stop shop to keep you up to date with all the latest news from off the court. Mm. There is going to be a plethora of action coming up most notably next Friday with the NBA draft. Then as we start to swing to free agency, um, nothing but good things coming. So be sure to lock in with us. Good things coming. Cannot wait, lads. That'll be fun. Guys, from myself, from Lee, and from Ro, Daily Dribble Team signing out. Have a fantastic week, and we can't wait to speak again with you soon. Bye.